Welcome to the August 30th, 2009 edition of Take Him With You, the podcast that's spiritual, not religious. This week, Back to the Future Part 2, The DeLoreans, and more. Yes, all sorts of cool things on today's podcast here. Really enjoy it. Andrew and I will talk, or I'll talk a little bit about uh, the 7th Street Theater experience we have at the DeLoreans. Uh, Plus some other things, the ABC drama Defying Gravity. And, uh, of course, today's subject is all about myth-busting the devil on 666, the number of the beast. devil sends the beast with wrath because he knows the time is short. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 666. Of course, you heavy metal enthusiasts out there will uh, undoubtedly recognize that from an Iron Maiden album that uh, had an, uh, a... Uh, a song called 666, The Number of the Beast. Anyway, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but uh, you will understand a little bit more as we get into today's program. Stay tuned or downloaded or whatever you call it. I'll be back in a minute. The Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. Sci-Fi Entertainment News and Commentary. I am Locutus. Star Trek episode analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com. Yes, uh, Rico's program is very cool, and uh, you should check it out. Treks in Sci-Fi is such a classic. I remember it was the first uh, podcast that I ever listened to on my iPod. Kind of cool. And speaking of that, you know, I got a really cool email from someone that I thought I, I asked if I could read it on on the program and he said yes so I'm going to read you this really cool email I got from somebody that listened to uh, Take Him With You and it was really encouraging here's what he had to say said hi Rick or hey Rick I just wanted to say thanks I just bought an iPod Touch a couple of months ago and your podcast was one of the first I stumbled across I've really enjoyed listening to you and getting to know you I've also ended up listening to several of the podcasts you mentioned on the show, too. Those have been fun. I've been in ministry for a little over 20 years now and have shared some of the same experiences you have. Listening to your stories has brought up some old memories, but in a good way. I'm amazed at times what God has brought me through, and he's still using me. He's pretty good that way, though, huh? Uh, Being a geek gadget guy myself, I was wondering if you've ever tried geocaching. Um, geocaching.com. I'm very involved in the game myself and even run my own website, Geocacher University at www.geocacher um, um, Gosh, what would that be? That's a, a hyphen. 
<laughs> I don't even know how my what, what are my symbols? What is this? Is it geocacher u.com as a support site. I'm very blessed by emails I get from people who enjoy my back page articles, which are basically um, rehashes of sermons and church newsletter articles. Anyway, knowing your love of toys and adventure, I thought you might want to give it a shot. Take care and thanks again. God bless, Brett. Oh, that is just awesome, man. Thank you, Brett, for emailing. And uh, it's it's so interesting how many people listen that I never really actually hear from, or they've listened to a bunch of the programs and then they'll send an email in. So really appreciate that you listen. I'm so glad that you like some of the programs that I promote on the podcast. And also geocaching. I love, I've played around with geocaching and I, I, you know, I correspond a little bit more uh, with Brett and he told me that you can get some devices for the iPod touch now that uh, allow, you don't have to buy a a brand new um, GPS unit. So that's kind of cool. So I'm going to have to check that out because I've been involved with that before. I just don't have one of those units. So I do have an iPod touch. Hey, Tim, if you're listening, maybe you should do a little uh, program on geocaching on that. But go check out his website. It sounds like fun. I'll put that in the in the podcast notes. And you can click over there and check out Brett's website. Thank you for listening, Brett. It's really cool. Great to hear from you. If uh, Feel free to write in anytime you want to and enjoy the program. Thanks. I'm a television junkie. And the real world stumps me. I got a lot of problems. Why don't somebody solve them? Hello, this is... No, I was going to say this is Angela. <laughs> that wouldn't that work. That would be appropriate. No, because I'm not Angela. <laughs> and I'm not Jen. <laughs> and you're not listening to the Anomaly Podcast. No, you-, you would in fact be listening to Take Him With You with our good buddy Rick. Oh, let's do that. Okay. 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 Uh, go, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> you do it first. Hi, this is Jen. No, no. Just say hello. This is not Jen. And no, this is not Angela. And I say, this is not Jen. Okay. And then you say, you are not listening to the Anomaly Podcast. Okay. But when you're done listening to... Yeah, fill in the blank. That works. It's like magic. It is. magic. It's funny. Okay. Let's go with it. Okay. Okay. So then I, should I go first then, since I'm not Jen? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, I'm not Jen. And I'm not Angela. And you are not listening to the Anomaly Podcast. You would, in fact, be listening to Take Him With You with our good buddy Rick. Rick! (laughs) When you're done, please come listen to the Anomaly Podcast at (laughs) A-N-O-M-A-L-Y-Podcast.com. It was like the best accidental promo ever! I know, it's what we're good at. You guys are hysterical. My gosh, I laugh so hard. <laughs> you got to go check out their program too. It's just it's so fun to hear from a different perspective. Just fun to hear them banter back and forth. I I don't know, there's just something about Angela and Jen that is just really fun to listen to and I got the the privilege and the honor of of working on a little project uh, for them not too long ago. So you just got to go and listen and see if you can find where I did that at. Listen to their show. I think they have some new ones out. I believe they do. So go over to their uh, website, anomalypodcast.com. Well, it's time once again to find out what's going on at Rick's house.
It looks like my daughter made it back from summer camp. She's a little grumpoid right now, though, and uh, you know how it is. You party like crazy for three or four days in a row, and, uh, well, it was church camp, so, you know, partied in moderation. But uh, I'm sure she had a great time. She said she did, and uh, I look forward to maybe next episode having a little report from her on what she did at summer camp. That'd be kind of fun, huh? Anyway, she's back, and I'm just giving her a nice wide berth so she can just be mellow because I think she's really tired, but it looks like she had a great time. So that's cool. That's a little update there. Um, Oh, we had a really great time with my son, Andrew. Uh, Last Saturday, we went to the 7th Street Theater. It's a historical theater over in Hoquiam, which is uh, by my... Well, it's my hometown, actually, uh, but uh, not too far from our house. We drove over. It takes about 20 minutes or so. And they had a whole group of the DeLorean car owners show up with their cars because they were playing on the big screen Back to the Future 2. Uh, so that was kind of cool. I got to take a lot of pictures. I'll put some on the blog so you can look at it. Plus, I over on uh, Facebook, I have a whole gallery where we took a bunch of pictures of the inside and the outside of the theater and and the DeLorean cars. One of them even had a cool flux capacitor in it. That was pretty cool. I took lots of pictures. Uh, go over to, and be my friend on Facebook and check those pictures out. Facebook.com slash rick.moyer. Facebook.com slash rick.moyer. And you can check that out. Very, very fun. Uh, I even put my uh, some money in for a raffle, and I, I won some vintage 1989 uh, Back to the Future 2 movie trading cards with bubblegum. Um, I opened one of them. I know I shouldn't have, but I opened one just to see what the bubblegum was like. And it's lost its... I didn't chew it. But it lost its uh, powdery sugar goodness and doesn't even smell like bubblegum anymore. Amazing, isn't it, how what happens after 20 years? <laughs> anyway, how cool is that? had a great time uh, at the end of the show when we were walking out. Not only did um, did I pick up my three packs of cards but somebody gave me another pack and i got the box so i'll show you i'll put a picture on the notes and you'll get a kick out of that that was really fun we had such a great night it was really neat to see all those deloreans i think there was one two three four five six seven eight eight or ten delorean cars there so we got to look close up at the time machines they were really fun i'm such a geek aren't i it's true. Andrew just kind of shook his head. I Back to the Future too. I I didn't recall that that movie had so many really interesting parts. Yeah, I remember watching the edited for TV version. This wasn't so. We kind of looked at each other and went, "Huh, interesting." Anyway, pretty cool plot and a pretty fun idea. Uh, but we had a great time at that. You have to check that check that out. The other thing I want to talk about uh, a couple more things. Um, I'm watching a TV program that was rec- recommended to me by one of my friends um, that I'm on the Treks and Sci-Fi forums with. Um, I had heard that they were going to come out with a show on ABC called Defying Gravity. And I have to say, I've caught up now. You can watch it at Hulu.com for free. You can watch the the episodes that they've aired so far. And uh, I, I'm i interested in space, obviously, and and exploration and science fiction and stuff and this was a really this is a really interesting series it's set in the future and they are astronauts that are on this mission um, going to i believe venus is where they're headed uh, but they're visiting planets and different things like that and but it's done in a, a more of a realistic way i don't know how to describe it 
Um, anyway, I watched every one of the shows. Here's what my take on it so far is. I like the series, but there's some part of it that I don't like. But the, but the rest of it I really am enjoying because it seems to be a little bit spiritual. I don't know how to describe that. It seems to be a little bit um, 2001-ish. I don't know how to describe it. I just have to say that it's like that. The thing, though, that bothers me in the show is that morally it's kind of it's kind of messed up. There's a lot of um, a lot of sexual relations going on between uh, people in the show, and I mean they don't show anything obviously because it's on TV, but it, it implies a lot. And I I just I don't know. It gets old after a while. I think they're the show is really good. It doesn't really need that tension there. Maybe maybe down the road it'll you know it'll justify itself. But anyway. That just is a little bit of thing that bothered me about the show, and it's very adult in its content, and so I wouldn't recommend it for like the whole family sitting around and watching the show. But if if you're interested in space exploration, um, some kind of a, I don't know, I just, just I don't know how to describe it. It's just really different, and I like it. But I just I needed to put a little uh, little thing in there for that. There is a lot of sexual content in it. And that's the part of the the series that I'm I'm not really enjoying that part of it only because it just it's a it's a little bit too extreme in it. I don't think it has to be in there for the plot line to develop like it is. But that's just me and what I believe. So you'll have to take a a, a watch of Defying Gravity if you're an adult <laughs> and tell me what you think of the series. Very interesting. Like I say, you can see it at Hulu.com or you can watch. Um, I think here in the states, it's on ABC. On Sunday nights at 10 Pacific Daylight Time. I don't know where it's on. You know, you check your listings. Also, last week I mentioned um, the dilemma that I was having on going to District 9. Andrew and I really want to go see it, but we've heard that it has a lot of cussing and a lot of uh, stuff in it that might not be so great. It is rated R, and uh, as a general rule, I don't go to a lot of rated R movies just because... Um, I don't know, just I'm I'm not comfortable with the cussing and stuff like that. But I, my friend um, Joe from Canada sent in some comments, and uh, I really appreciate them. So I'm going to play them for you, and uh, then I'll come back and comment on them. Hey, Rick, it's uh, your buddy Joe from Toronto. Um, and uh, in the last show, you asked uh, for kind of uh, some points about District 9 and, uh, you know, whether you should see it based on your movie-watching uh criteria or not so uh, i'll begin by saying yes there is a lot of swearing and yes there is gore and yes there is violence and um at certain points it is pretty extreme and that may put you off but uh the other thing about this movie and yes a lot of people are saying that it's revolutionary because of the effects and because of the cinematography and all of that but the reason that i think you probably would want to suffer through, you know, the uh, the violence and gore and swearing is because of the message it conveys and uh, kind of the mirror it holds up to us. It really shows uh, how, you know, we as humans and maybe as, as a human society deal with the downtrodden when we're in a position of power and how even with good intentions initially we can very easily slip into a negative path with regard to with regard to dealing with those who are dependent on us also how 
those in that position of power end up having to change when the tables turn. So, um, you know, if if you're interested in, in seeing something like that, then I would definitely give it give it a, a watch, you know, with the caveat that a lot of it is involved with violence and there are definitely some scenes in which, uh, you know, some bad things happen both to the humans and to the aliens and a lot of bad things happen to the aliens uh, at the hands of the humans. So, um, yeah, uh, I recommend it. If, if uh, you can look past kind of the, the negativity, there is... Uh, there's definitely a very strong moral message in there, and um, I would take a look. I love the show. Keep it up, and thank you very much. Dude, you rock. You do. Joe, you're such a great guy, and I, I love getting to know you. We email each other every week and talk back and forth. You've been such an encouragement to me to keep doing Take Him With You. And Okay, as far as District 9 is concerned, I really like what you had to say. That's kind of where I've been kind of leaning towards Andrew and I going to it, just because... Um, you know, I'm a big boy. It's not like I haven't heard cussing before, you know, that's not really the issue to me as much as I, you know, I have a certain standard that I have, but at the same time, if there's a real moral story to it, and if there's something to thought provoking, I kind of want to know what that is. And, and just to be able to understand where the, where the author of it is coming from. And, uh, so um, the verdict uh, right now, it's swaying towards, we're going to go see it. Um, unless I get any, you know, some like death threats or something. No, I don't think I'll get death threats, but we're leaning towards it. So I'll let you know if we do go, I'll do a little review on the taking with you and, and talk about what I think about it. So maybe I'll even have Andrew chime in with me on it. That'd be kind of cool. So thanks Joe so much for taking time to do audio comments. Listen, I would love feedback. Oh my goodness. I just love to have feedback. Sometimes, you know, I just got done doing 30. We, we had 30 podcasts. Today is podcast 31. And, of course, we do the midweek boosters, too. So we have, like, 90 things you can download on iTunes for taking with you. And uh, so it's really cool to get feedback. It's really helpful because sometimes we'll do a show and we, we'll have lots of downloads and stuff and people will listen to it. And, you know, we had, like, 10,000 uh, hits on the website so far here in August. And, you know, a lot of people come and checking it out. But not very many people leave a comment. So I would love to have comments. If you want an audio comment, that's great. Or emails is great, too. I love getting emails. I've been corresponding with a guy from Australia right now. I just, I just love getting to know him. He's just so cool. And it's just great to, to be introduced to different people and, and hear what you think about the program. So send me some feedback, would you? Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com. It's Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com. I would take email or audio making an mp3 or something like that i can play that on the on the program and i would just love to hear from you so please write in that would be very very helpful in fact speaking of being helpful what would really help right now is uh, we finally are now uh in the full onslaught of our experiment here at the moyer household doing the the podcast full time and as a result of that i'm relying on the money that comes in from the podcast uh, to support us. My wife uh, also works full-time now. It's kind of, kind of new for us. Uh, but we're trying to supplement our income by doing the podcast, by encouraging people every week with the with this podcast, with the uh, Midweek Booster, with our newsletter, uh, with me doing photography and producing music and different things like that. That's how we're trying to make a living. And we really could use your support. If you like what we're doing, if you believe 
in the vision that we have to reach all around the world with a positive message of encouragement, would you do us a favor and slip us some money? That I know that sounds really weird, and I don't want to sound like I'm begging or anything, but it does take money to live, and we don't we're not extravagant people. I mean. Uh, right now, the podcast has been pulling in a certain amount of money, and, and it's very helpful, but it's not enough really to pay all of our bills. So if you listen to this on a regular basis and it blesses you or helps you out, you know, no amount is too small, 5, 10, 15, 20, 50 bucks, whatever, you can PayPal that to us just by going to takehimwithyou.com and clicking on the donate button. Or you can sign up for the newsletter and pay more than it's worth. <laughs> we have people that do that. Whatever, or you can hire me to do a job for you, and I would love to make a, a promo for you or or make some music for you or whatever you need. If I can do something for you, I will, uh, and uh, justify your expense. Uh, but we certainly could use the help. So if you have time to do that, that would be so appreciated. And please uh, don't put that off. That's very, very helpful to us, and you just don't realize. Uh, you know, if everybody that listened, because we have hundreds of listeners now, if everybody that listened gave a little bit, we'd have more than enough to take care of the bills and bring this to you every single week. Okay, enough about that. Greetings, guildies. I'm Kenny. And I'm Jenny. After listening to Take Him With You, why don't you tune in to Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the web series The Guild. Each month, we'll bring you the latest news about the Guild cast, including what projects they're working on and what conventions they'll be attending. Also, we'll be updating you on the current season. We'll talk about some behind-the-scenes fun of Season 2. As well as having cast, crew, and fan interviews. So head over to iTunes and subscribe to Knights of the Guild. Or go to our website for a direct download at knightsoftheguild.podbean.com. Zaboo! (laughs) Time once again for Words of Wisdom on Take Him With You. Today we're going to be wrapping up the book of Jonah. We've been reading that the past few weeks, and we're on the last chapter, chapter 4, from the Message Bible, Jonah. I knew this was going to happen. Jonah was furious. He lost his temper. He yelled at God, God, I knew it! When I was back home, I knew this was going to happen. That's why I ran off to Tarshish. I knew you were sheer grace and mercy, not easily angered, rich in love, and ready at the drop of a hat to turn your plans of punishment into a program of forgiveness. So God, if you won't kill them, kill me. I'm better off dead. God said, what do you have to be angry about? But Jonah just left. He went out of the city to the east and sat down in a sulk. He put together a makeshift shelter of leafy branches and sat there in the shade to see what would happen to the city. God arranged for a broadleaf tree to spring up. It grew over Jonah to cool him off and and get him out of his angry sulk. Jonah was pleased and enjoyed the shade. Life was looking up. But then God sent a worm. By dawn of the next day, the worm had bored into the shade tree and withered away. The sun came up and... God sent a hot, blistering wind from the east. The sun beat down on Jonah's head, and he started to faint. He prayed to die. Better off dead. Then God said to Jonah, What right do you have to get angry about this shade tree? Jonah said, Plenty of right. It made me angry enough to die. God said, What's this? How is it that you can change your feelings from pleasure to anger overnight about a mere shade tree that you did nothing to get. You neither planted nor watered it. 
It grew up one night and died the next night. So why can't I likewise change what I feel about Nineveh from anger to pleasure? This big city of more than 120,000 childlike people who do not yet know right from wrong, to say nothing of all the innocent animals. There you go. <laughs> Jonah chapter 4. Interesting book, don't you think? I don't know if you if you followed it for the last few weeks. Interesting that Jonah disobeyed God at the very beginning, and he he went off on his own course, got in trouble. His life kind of got messed up as a result. He then, you know, gets thrown into the uh, the fish and and into the ocean, into the fish, and the he repents. He turns around and goes the other way, and then the fish pukes him out on the shore by Nineveh. He goes and preaches. The people they turn away from their wicked ways, and then he gets mad at God for changing his mind and not killing the city. Very interesting book. How do I relate that to me? Well. I don't know about you, but I've had many times in my life where I've disobeyed the Lord, I've turned around, I've done what God wanted me to do, and then I'm just not happy with the results of it, and I complain, when really I should be embracing what God is doing in my life and have a better attitude. It really is important for us to keep a good perspective. This book has really helped me lately in life to realize, look at I can't do anything about some of the things that have happened, but I certainly can be responsible for what my responsibilities are. In other words, I can take responsibility for what my actions are. And that's important to do nowadays, especially. So there you go. Your words of wisdom. Uh, next week, we'll be starting a new book. I'll let you know what it is next week. You have to tune in. Good evening, everybody. When you aren't listening to Take In With You with the multi-talented Mr. Moyer, then I'd be honored if you could take a few minutes to check out my little show, Happy Times. If you have an iPod Touch or an iPhone, and if you love your applications but are feeling the pinch of the current economic climate, then this is the podcast for you. Each week I'll review a free or cheap application and spend a few minutes gassing on about why I like it or not. Buying apps over the air can be both addictive and expensive, so why not spend a few minutes a week listening to Appy Times, and I'll try to separate the wheat from the chaff. Just go to appytimes.podbean.com or search the iTunes store for Appy Times. That's A-P-P-Y-T-I-M-E-S. So come and share the Appy Times with me. Thank you. And uh, Tim just sent me some audio comments, so I'm going to put them in here, and I'll comment as soon as we hear them. Hello there, Rick. This is Tim from sunny Shoreham-by-Sea on the south coast of England. My friend, I have to say thank you uh, for two things. First of all, um, I was listening to your podcast, Taking With You, the episode Losing My Religion, and uh, you covered my show. And uh, you did it brilliantly, mate. I, I, I found it really quite touching. And um, I want to thank you for that, mate. That's very much appreciated. I'm glad you enjoy the show. Also, secondly, um, which prequels this, really, I want to thank you for um, your podcast. Uh, I'll be honest, I have only just subscribed. And uh, the thing that put me off was um, uh, I thought it was going to be a whole religious aspect I know you're you're a religious chap yourself. You, indeed, you're you're a fine pastor, but I know you from the treks in sci-fi forums, and um, that is just you know you never broadcast that to me, and that is just brilliant. I would have to say I'm I go very much the other way, but 
you know, I don't want to talk about personal beliefs at the moment. And for a minute, I was worried that you were going to be um, preaching an awful lot. Now, that isn't to say that I don't enjoy your speeches and your little stories. You seem to inject something into them that I I really do enjoy listening to. It's much better than, you know, when when I go to church and it's just the same boring stuff and they're just preaching and preaching and there's no life to it. Rick, I love listening to you because your laugh is infectious. You are such a joyous character and um, you rock, to use one of your sayings. You absolutely nail it, mate. And um, I consider you a, a good friend, even though we've never met. And uh, I never thought I'd hear myself saying that about um, someone of the cloth. Um, so... Uh, listen, I'm not going to get all gooey and curly anymore. I just want to say thanks, Rick. I love you, man. And um, I'm going to keep listening. Take care, my friend. And love to the family. Bye. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know what to say other than that's really cool of you. And it really is. Okay, I don't want to get all mushy myself. But just thank you. You are a great friend. And it's so much fun to get to know you. And I love what you're doing, and I enjoy your comments. And, um, you know, the whole reason I'm doing the podcast is to try and express my faith in a way that's not offensive but is informative. And um, you really bless me because that's exactly what I'm trying to do, and I'm so glad you picked up on that and and, uh, you enjoy it. So bless you, my friend. How cool is that? You are awesome. Thank you. Hello there, my name is Med. And this is David Frost. You're not David Frost. All right, I mean, this is Mark. And we are the present... Mark? All right, get on with it. Okay. And we're the presenters of Waffle on Podcast. And we like to talk about... Crap. TV broadcast between 1960 to 1999. Would you say it's crap? Some of it. Really? <laughs> Especially the British stuff. But we were having a podcast about that, so let's move up on that. Unbelievable. You can find us at the HTTP colon forward slash forward slash waffleon.podbean.com Do not smile when I say the word colon. I'm not. I love that about the internet, that we can be friends with people from all around the world. And I just, I love our my friends from over in England. I've got some really cool friends, D'Angelis and uh, Mike and Meds and Tim. And I'm sure there's more that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head, but they have such great programs that they do and not just programs they're really cool friends we have some really good chats on Skype and um other things and it's just really fun to know people from all around the world it just definitely broadens my horizons to know gosh i'm not the only person in this little tiny town you know there's people all over the world that share same interests and cool things that they can uh, be a blessing to each other on so very cool listen to their shows they're really good I had a few emails this last week concerning the last two programs that I did, um, the ones on losing my religion, and the emails were, "Wow, Rick, we didn't—we've uh, never heard you be a preacher before." And some people really liked it. I didn't get any complaints, but I—I I got to thinking. You know, I have a lot of different sermons that I've taped over the last couple of years that are messages that are similar in their well, in their style, and I wondered if if people would be interested in hearing some of them. If you are, if you think that would be cool to be able to listen to a few messages that I presented in a church setting, um, 
I'd like to make those available on the website if you want those, um, but I, I'm not going to put the time into putting them up if people don't want that. So if you're interested in something like that, would you email me and let me know? You know, Rick, I'd listen to a few of those messages. I definitely could put up a little catalog of like four or five different messages that I did, and you could listen to them if you'd want. Um, I would be more than willing to do that. So email me, rick at takehimwithyou.com. That's rick at takehimwithyou.com. Let me know if you want those. And I will try and put those on the website at takehimwithyou.com. And uh, yeah, let me know. And I will take care of that if you'd like to hear more of those messages. I left alone. My mind was blank. I needed time to think to get the memories from my mind. What did I see? What I saw that night was real and not just fantasy Just what I saw in my old dreams Were the reflections of my woman staring back at me Ah, there you go. Some old, I was when I was a teenager. That is where I got my information on spiritual things was from the music that I listened to. I had uh, an old Bible called The Way that uh, I got off the shelf from our bookshelf in the in the front room and I put it up in my bedroom. And the reason I even opened the Bible when I was a kid was to um, do a little bit of research on spiritual things because in the music that I listened to, the heavy metal music that I listened to, there was a lot of references to Lucifer or Satan. I used to listen to uh, Black Sabbath. And, of course, Oz, when Ozzy Osbourne spelled his name with an S, Ozzy Osbourne, and uh, they would play like songs like um, Nativity in Black. Remember that? My name is Lucifer. Please take my hand. You know, they had songs like that. And, course i was fascinated by that and of course acdc with highway to hell and and um the remember when black sabbath came out with the with the album um, mob rules with ronnie james dio on it and and then of course ronnie james dio with holy diver and those were the kind of music that i was listening to as a kid and as i listened to those things i was fascinated by spiritual things i had no idea that the reason I was fascinated with spiritual things wasn't, even though the dark side of things was appealing to me, like Star Wars, right? Don't go to the dark side, Rick. But it was fascinating to me. There was a spiritual element that was unfulfilled in my life. And so these things really were appealing to me because they were mystical. There was something about them that was more than just everyday life. And so that was fascinating to me. So during the course of my life, I heard a lot of things about the devil. 
but my information was coming from a source that wasn't necessarily reliable. Most of my information was coming from um, like heavy metal bands or or stuff that I would read that was you know, conjecture or myths. And, you know, one of the things we like to do at our house is watch Mythbusters. My son, Andrew, really enjoys that show. And so he'll watch that. And they they go in and they look at something from all the different angles and they try to decide if it's myth or if it's fact. Well, so that's what I want to do today on the podcast. I want to talk about the devil or Satan or Lucifer, Beelzebub, the serpent, slug, the unholy one, whatever you want to call him. He's been called lots of things over the ages. But why don't we talk about him? I've called this podcast 666, The Number of the Beast. That phrase actually comes from the Bible, and it's talking talking about prophecy and who the devil is going to be and what he's going to be like and describing him. And uh, that's where you get that passage, 666, The Number of the Beast, the devil being the beast. So it's very interesting as you you look at everything, um, how the myths and the rumors got out, we don't know. Nobody really knows, but um, I figure the authority on the devil has to be the Bible because really that, to me, what do you trust? You're going to trust a book that's you know been around for ages and has proved itself out to be true and historical and accurate, or are you going to trust some um, yahoo that's saying, well, this is what the devil is, he's this way and that way, you know, or, or got some weird revelation from who, who God knows who. And then he puts out this thing about who the devil is and how you should, you know, worship him and stuff. And, you know, to me, I'm going to go back to what I know has been solid throughout the ages, and that's the Bible. Now, we could get into some big argument. Well, is the Bible true? That's not what this episode is for. I'm going now as a Christian, as a believer in Christ, I believe that the Bible is true and that there, that it is accurate and that it was given to us as a uh, uh, basically a, an instruction book to life. Um, people have used the acronym Bible for basic instructions before leaving earth. <laughs> That's kind of goofy, but it makes sense. Um, the more I read the Bible, the more I realize I don't know about life, and the more that I realize God knows everything about life. And so, you know, I think the Bible's accurate. Okay, now, whatever you want to do with that, that's your business. But for me, that's where I'm coming from. So I figured that the Bible probably has more authority to tell us what the devil is like or who he is than any other book because uh, we're talking about God talking here. So what do we trust? I was fascinated by the whole idea of dark power, secret magic, um, spiritual incantations, those kind of things. Those were fascinating to me for a reason because I believe I'm a spiritual person and I was looking for answers. Of course, I found my answer in Jesus Christ. That's what I did. And that really changed my whole life. I looked into a lot of different things. I looked into um, Mormonism. I looked into Jehovah Witness stuff. Um, I looked into um, Buddhism, several different things. And those just didn't have the answers for me that I was looking for. When I came, when I there was just something about accepting Christ into my heart that changed everything. And you, if you've listened to any of the podcasts before, you know that that was a, a real big deal for me. And it's changed my life. Ever since then, I've been changed. I've been different after I accepted Christ in my heart. There are books on the devil. There are all sorts of, there's huge amounts of information out there. But really, in my opinion, the only true authority on the devil is the Bible. So let's talk about the origin of Satan. 
Now, all of this has its roots in Scripture. So what I'm going to be talking about today is you can go and you can find these passages in the Bible. I'm not giving you all the, the, the references here. On the notes, I'll put it in there so you know what Scriptures I'm referring to. But I'm just going to tell you the story from, from my perspective uh, after reading the Bible. Okay? All right, Lucifer is really what where we find Satan at the very beginning. Uh, his name was Lucifer. He was an archangel. And there are two other archangels that we know of mentioned in the Bible. Gabriel and Michael are their names. So each one of the archangels had a or has a specific job description, and they have angels under their jurisdiction. So like the archangel would be like the commander of a certain amount of angels. And from what I can gather from Scripture, and as, as we read through the Bible, we can see that each one of these archangels had about a third of the angels under their command. Uh, through reading the Bible, we can piece together a pretty good picture of what happened um, to turn Lucifer from from serving in heaven and doing all the things that he did there um, to where he ended up or has ended up. Um, Angels are eternal beings. We might even do a program, or I might even do a program just on angels, so you can kind of hear a little bit more about them. They're eternal beings. They were created by God, and then they will last forever, like we are. We're human beings created by God, uh, and we are eternal beings as well. So that means um, that means that we uh, will last forever in somewhere. We will last forever. Now we can. We have a choice of where we spend eternity. Uh, the angels, um, well, the archangels are eternal as well. In other words, they were created by God, but they last forever. We're talking about Lucifer here. He's an eternal being. His main job as an archangel was to uh, be in charge of worship in heaven or to play music and bring honor to and glory to Father God. That was his function, at least what we can piece together. He might have had more, you know, more... Um, responsibilities. But from what we get from the Bible, it actually talks about the way that Lucifer was created. It says that he was designed with pipes like you find in an organ, like a pipe organ. He had drums, instruments, and stuff built into him as a being, and he was beautifully adorned with precious stones. So these pictures that you see of this red guy with a pitchfork and horns really are made up, and and you can actually go back and find historically where people started, you know, taking and you know, turning the devil into this evil-looking whatever. But really, honestly, um, the Bible says that, that the devil is like an angel of light. He's pretty. He's handsome. He's got a lot going for him as far as what how he was created and what he looks like. I, I often, I think it's hilarious to think of, you know, some scary looking dude coming at you with a, you know, an axe or something like that and saying, serve me. And they're all going, yeah, sure, I'd love to. You know, that is not, you know, only in a, f- a few extreme cases are people like really into that kind of thing. For, but for the most part, the general population isn't going to be deceived by somebody that looks evil and, and acts horrible. Aren't we mostly deceived? I mean, when we are deceived or, or we're fooled or somebody really tricks us, don't we believe that they were something different than what we saw? So anyway, the Bible says that he is really quite beautiful. He looks really, really good. Um, he was basically geared, his entire being was geared towards glorifying and bringing attention to God. He was given the abilities of music, persuasion, and talent to do just that. In other words, he's catchy. 
people when you when you come in contact with with something of an uh, uh, a, a satanic type of influence, it's it's catchy, it's um, it's deceptive, it's it's persuasive, and interesting enough, a lot of times it has to do with music. That's very very interesting. But here's where things started to go south. No pun intended. Um, the Bible says that one day, Satan or Lucifer got to looking at himself. He felt that he was really cool looking. Reminds me of, uh, remember the movie Purple Rain with Prince and how they bring out the mirror and he'd look in the mirror, you know, and th- that one character would look in the mirror and uh, say, man, I'm fine, you know. and stuff. Basically, that's what the devil did. He Lucifer looked at himself and said, man, I am good. I am really looking good. He felt he was beautiful. And he he had a huge lap in judgment, a lapse in judgment. He just, all of a sudden, he just went, wait a minute, I'm really, really good. And he felt that he could do better than God was doing in heaven. Now, here's where we come into a little bit of conflict, because really, the creation never can be greater than the creator. And uh, this is where Lucifer really made a mistake. He He, pride entered into him, and... This is really the downfall of a lot of human beings is the very same thing that happened with with uh, Lucifer is he started to really believe in his own press releases that he was pretty awesome. And instead of using his talents and his gifts and the things that God had created him for for glorifying God, he turned and started glorifying himself. And he began to persuade those that followed him to follow him and overthrow heaven. That is how we see the origins of what Lucifer did. So he got to look at himself. He thought he could do better than God in heaven. The Bible says that he exalted himself above God, and he attempted to overthrow heaven with a third of the angels. Now, most assume these were the angels under his command. No one really knows how many of them there are, but most theologians believe that they are now uh, what we know as demons. So they they have angelic qualities, but have turned, and for the lack of better words, the angels have turned uh, to the dark side. <laughs> Use the force. Yeah, that that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, I guess I shouldn't make too light of it. But uh, anyway, when uh, we do find that Lucifer was banished by God as a result of this from heaven, he exalts himself and God banishes him from heaven. He's exiled to the planet Earth for a certain period of time. And he's allowed to interact with God's creation, which is mankind. And by mankind, I mean people. So don't think I'm being, you know, weird there. Adam and Eve were warned. Now, if we look at the story of Adam and Eve, you can you can see where Satan enters into the picture. Uh, from that point on, we don't call him Lucifer anymore because uh, I believe his title was stripped from him. And he basically we call him Satan or the devil from that point on. Um, he is also called the serpent. The first time we see him in the Bible uh, he is called the serpent, and he's in the Garden of Eden, and he tempts Eve to eat the fruit that he's that they're not supposed to be eating. Um, basically, um, Adam was was basically told to guard and keep the garden. That was his job in Genesis, and he didn't do it. In other words, he didn't keep the serpent out of the garden. Now he could have if he would have been on his toes and not lounging or whatever. I'm not sure what he was doing. But he could have kept the serpent from the garden because he had that authority given to him by God. But he didn't. He was slack on his job. As a result of it, the serpent convinced Eve to eat of the fruit. Now, before everybody goes, well, see, it's the woman's fault. Um, The Bible is very specific, and it says that 
that he persuades Eve to eat this, and then Eve turns to her husband, who was standing right there at the time, gives to him, and he eats as well. So they both ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they weren't supposed to do that. Um, the reason that they weren't supposed to do that is because as, um, God wanted to reserve the right to be able to tell them what was right and what was wrong. And the serpent, interesting thing, convinced them that if they ate from this tree, they would be like God, knowing good and evil. And this is, see, it wasn't the fact that the disobedience happened. It was the fact that they wanted to be like God. The exact same sin or same mistake that Lucifer made, he pushed on the human race by getting Adam and Eve to pick themselves over the judgment of God. Does this make sense? Interesting. And this is why we have such a problem in human beings today. This is why we are born into sin, because our ancestors way back when decided they could they would not go after what God wanted, but go after what they wanted to be the ones that determine what was good and bad and not have God in their life to do that. Well, there you go. That's the 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 eternal dilemma <laughs> of things, if you will. Um, so we find that Adam and Eve are tricked by the serpent. And uh, as we read in the book of Revelation and other places in the Bible, we find that um, Lucifer doesn't take well uh, to this whole banishment thing. I mean, his he goes forth with with to wreak havoc on the earth with emphasis on getting back at human beings. And that's exactly why he went after the first man and woman, because he wanted to get back at God. Now, I've had it explained to me this way, and I really think this is true. You think about it for a moment. If you if you had somebody that that you really didn't like and you really wanted to get revenge on them, you really wanted to hurt them, but you knew that they were protected, there was no way that you would ever get to them. There was just no way you were ever going to hurt them like you wanted to or cause them pain. What would you do? Well, throughout history, we can see people go after the children or the family of the person they want to get back at if they can't get to that person. And this, in my opinion, is exactly what the devil is. He's a terrorist. And what he tries to do is go after God's children, which is you and I, any person that's sucking air, you are God's child. And I'm telling you what, it is the devil's plan, Satan's plan, to get you off track to the point where, number one, you don't believe in the devil at all. That's that He really likes that. Um, he wants to get you to the point where, uh, you'll just do whatever you want to do. In fact, the number one commandment in the Satanic Bible, this is interesting, there's a Satanic Bible, yes there is, uh, the number one commandment is, do what thou wilt is the whole of the law, which means do whatever you want and you fulfill the law of Satan. So, see, when we do whatever we want to do, it's the same attitude that Satan has. He wants us to have that attitude so that we will not serve God, so we will not fulfill the destiny that God has given to our lives. That's why Satan does what he does. But he masquerades it. He makes it look good. He candy coats it. He dips it in chocolate. <laughs> he he smothers it with gold. Uh, th this is what the devil is a master deceiver, and this is exactly what he wants to do. His goal is, since he, he knows his fate, he's going to be thrown in the lake of fire. He has eternal damnation ahead of him. And he knows that his time is short, and that's why the Bible says that he, he wreaks havoc on the earth. He tries as hard as he can to get God's creation to not serve the Lord. That is his goal. 
and he's done a great job at it. I have to say that he's done a wonderful job. He's brought in deceptive religions. He's brought in um, he's brought in just uh, complete dependence on oneself. He's brought in pride. He's brought in sex and drugs and everything else that he can think of to pull us off track from serving God. That's exactly what I believe the devil does. As, as we read in the Bible, it says there's only a certain amount of time for Satan to be on the earth, and because his time is short, he plans on making it miserable for people, thus pain and suffering, godless attempts at removing Jesus from the picture. Uh, you just go on and on and on. You see the the, the uprising across the, the whole earth of uh, people are just like loath. He makes Christians into religious people and, you know, gets them ineffective. There's just tons of different things that happen. His greatest triumph that he thought that he would ever have, the devil, was to trick Adam and Eve so that he could get the human beings or the human race into sin. That was, he thought, was that was the greatest thing ever. And then the supposed killing of Jesus Christ. He fought so hard to get Jesus crucified on the cross because he thought for sure that he could eliminate this threat to him in the Son of God. But actually, the devil didn't even realize it, but he was really a pawn because through the death and the resurrection of Christ, we are made clean from the sin so we can be hooked back up to God again. So, see, Jesus becomes that bridge or that that thing that... um, bridges the gap between us not knowing God and us knowing God. Jesus fills it in. And so that's why uh, the devil is furious. And this is why Jesus came, so that we wouldn't have to live anymore under the eternal punishment of sin, but we could receive the grace and the love that God gave to us through the sacrifice of his Son on the cross. Wow. Sound preachy, don't I? (laughs) Of course, we know the devil overplayed his hand. And what he meant to try and destroy the human race, he actually... uh, pushed us back towards God, um, and, you know, that's pretty amazing, if you ask me. That didn't make him very happy. Um, He had one shot uh, to get the entire human race into sin, and then in one shot, uh, um, Jesus completely redeemed them from it. He redeemed us from eternal sin. That's pretty cool. Uh, The devil's not dumb. People will call him, well, that stupid devil. He's not dumb. He's very, very smart. He's been around for a long time. He has power of deception and persuasion, and he uses the same old vices to tempt and lead people astray today as he did back then. Think about it. Money, sex, and power. He's specifically targeted, if you think about it, he's specifically targeted the entertainment industry and the business people uh, with with its mass appeal and worship potential because of money and power, and and the whole idea of what it makes you feel like. Entertainment industry, how, how it makes you feel. Uh, master manipulator of emotions. Really, the devil is the ultimate sociopath and narcissist. If you really get, want to get right down to it, um, he is the ultimate. He's completely selfish, completely self-contained, uh, poli- completely um, in love with himself. And as a result of it, what happens? Well... We get the brunt of it. As a result of it, he he's trying as hard as he can to throw us into hell because he knows that's where he's going to go. Now, interesting enough, if you read the Bible, you'll find that hell was never created for human beings. Never, ever. Hell was not meant as a place for people to be in. Hell was specifically tailor-made for the devil and all the angels that followed him, for, for all the demons. And so you got to know that they are freaking out. They know what's coming. They know the end. Uh, 
And they're trying desperately at the, the hardest they can is to manipulate humankind, mankind, and get us off track so that we don't serve the eternal God. And that's really what their basic thing is. So if you think about it, in that terms, this is why you hear Christians talk about the warfare or being soldiers for Christ. It's not meant to be a militaristic um, fight against human beings. It's completely spiritual, and the Bible does talk about this. This is why you won't find me out picketing. Uh, you won't find me yelling and screaming or, or putting down people of other religions and different things. I may not agree with them, but my fight is not in a physical sense, it's in a spiritual sense. Because if you think about it, I actually, I pray for a lot of people uh, that they will come to their senses and that they will know the truth and the truth will set them free. Now, I know people can get angry about that and say, well, how do you know yours is the truth? Well, I, you know, I don't know for sure. I know I know Jesus Christ. I know he's come into my heart and my life has been changed. Um, but I really, how do I put this? Um, What's wrong with living my life to help other people and to being a good person and following a a, a following after what God has taught me? Um, all I do is bless people and help people. That's a great life to live. And if you know, in the end, if it's all not true, then what have I lost? Not a whole lot. Um, but if if I live my life crazy and without God, and I mess people over, and I well, not even just messing people over, just live my life for myself. And in the end, I die. And it is true that Jesus is the Lord and that the devil is real and he's tried to mess me up and get me off track. Then I've lost a lot if I've never served God. And then I've missed out on the opportunity that God gave me by giving me life. And so that's why I serve God. I, I serve God because, number one, I don't think the devil's cool. I think it's awful that what he's trying to do to people. But I serve God because he saved my life and he's given me a good life. And even though I've gone through some really rough times in the in many of the years, um, I wouldn't trade that um, for uh, to to and get rid of my relationship with Jesus. I d- I wouldn't want to do that because I don't know. There's just something about serving God that is so cool and so good and so right. And yeah, okay. So let's get on with our subject. Uh, we do find that in the end, according to the Bible, Satan is thrown into the lake of fire and ultimately suffers in hell for eternity, along with all those who have not received the gift of salvation offered through Jesus Christ. Again, people were never meant for hell. The Bible says that it was reserved for the devil and all his angels. But there will be people that are going to be in hell because they didn't accept the gift of Jesus Christ. So, very, very interesting stuff, if you ask me. So, we're learning a little bit about the devil today, huh? Um, Some myths. Is the devil all-powerful? No. He only has the power that you let him have. Just as, is God all-powerful? Absolutely. But he only has as much influence in your life as you let him have. How about this one? Should the devil be feared? Should I be scared of the devil? Well, my answer is no, not if you have faith in God. There is a certain amount of fear or awe that comes um, with the devil simply because you know that he's working hard to deceive and persuade you to not serve God. Is that a reason to be afraid of him? I think not. I think a lot of people get freaked out over um, spiritual things, dark spiritual things, because they're scared. When in reality, that's just made up stuff. I mean, really, most of that is just made up. And it's up to us. You know, we have a choice to be afraid or have faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. And the, the devil is the author of fear. It's false evidence that appears real. 
And so we have the opportunity as human beings to have faith, and faith really is what overcomes fear. So my answer is, do we need to fear the devil? No, not if we're serving God. If we're not serving God, yeah, you better watch out because he doesn't want he doesn't want you to go to heaven. So there you go. We don't have time to go into a whole lot more now. Uh, but suffice it to say, if you go over to the Take Him With You um, podcast notes on takehimwithyou.com, I'll have the scriptural references to all the things that I talked about today so that you can look at those if that's something you want to do. Otherwise, just, you know, you listen to the program, you learned a little bit more about um, why the devil hates us because he was thrown out of heaven and, and his place, he tried to overthrow heaven, but he was thrown out and now he is trying as hard as he can to destroy our lives. The good news is that Jesus loves us and he died on the cross for us and that if we accept him into our heart, we have eternity in heaven with him and a pretty awesome life. Not, I'm not saying bad things won't happen, but I'm saying you have somebody to go through those bad times with and it's very, very helpful to serve God. He, he has saved our souls, which is fantastic and taken back the junk that the devil did and given us some life and that is just so awesome to serve God. So there you go. You know, all you really need to do is say a prayer and ask Jesus to be part of your life. I mean, you know, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me, and I know you died on the cross for me and rose again, and I want to live for you. And that really, at, at that point, of that proclamation of your faith in God really starts to change the way you live. It really does. It changes your heart because something activates on the inside of you, and your spirit becomes alive. And there's such a cool thing that happens as a result of that. I want to play a song for you that I think is just, it was so controversial at the time it came out. I had a lot of different songs I could play for you, but I'm going to go see Striper here on their 25th um, anniversary. Remember Striper, the Christian heavy metal band? Well, they're going to be in Seattle in November, so I already got my ticket, and I'm going to go with my friend, Buddy, uh, we're going to go to the concert together, and we actually get to meet the band and everything. So that's going to be really cool. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, but they did a song way back. They had an album called To Hell with the Devil, and they do this song. And I thought, you know, I want to play it for you because it's just so rocking. And uh, it might bring back a few memories for some of you. But really, in the end, uh, the devil's just a scam artist. He is He's not cool, and he hates your guts. But in the end, really... Jesus has triumphed over the devil, and if we will serve God, we also share in that excitement. So here's the song by Striper. It's called To Hell with the Devil. I'll take him with you.
What a song. Striper and To Hell with the Devil off of the CD or the album of that same name. Well, there you go. I hope that you got something out of this program today talking all about who the devil is. 666, the number of the beast. Of course, if you check the podcast notes at TakeHimWithYou.com, you can find all the scriptural references if you want to do some more study on it. But I just kind of wanted to give a general overview on what I, as a Christian, believe about the devil. And so that probably clears it up a little bit. Now, it would only be fair, don't you think, if we gave uh, one whole program over to talking about the devil, that we turn around and we do a whole program talking about Jesus and who he is. Now, I think I'll do that next week. I'm going to call it, Oh My God. And in a different term, you know, not like, oh my God, but oh my God. And uh, let's talk about the origins of Christ. Where does he come from? Who is he? What are some myths and some legends about him? And what are some facts about him, about Jesus? So that's what we're doing next week on the program entitled, Oh My God. I hope you enjoy that. As always, I'm just so thankful that you uh, have been listening and downloading we're just blown away by the statistics. So many people are listening now, and this we're only you know this is program number thirty-one, and we already have hundreds of people listening. We so appreciate Amy and I are so blessed that you would uh, take part of your week and listen to us. Can I pray for you, Father? I lift up every person that's listening right now, and I just pray God that you would bless them and help them in their life. Lord, if they're if they're in need of wisdom, would you give them that? If they're in need of healing, God, would you heal their bodies? Lord, if they're just in need of awareness of who you are, then I pray, God, you reveal yourself to them. I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to be in fear of the devil, but we can be in faith with you. And we're just so grateful, Lord, for the fact that you would save us and set us free. You're awesome. And I just pray for a blessing over every person that's listening now. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's it for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Tuning in, I guess, downloading and uh, listening online. Really appreciate that. Uh, next week's going to be great. Please tune in for or, or download for that. I, I'm so used to radio. Why do I say that? Uh, we'd love feedback. If you'd like more information or you want, have a question for us or just want to tell us what you think of the podcast, rick at takehimwithyou.com. That's rick at takehimwithyou.com. As always, you can visit our website, www.takehimwithyou.com. Take Him With You is a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright 2009, all rights reserved.